0: You're listening to The Moment, an interview podcast series on life. We interview and capture conversations with creative minds, thought leaders, disruptors and the people that are doing what they love while challenging the status quo. You can find the show notes on our website, themomenthq.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. But for now, let's dive into the moment. it's Monica Cade here and you're listening to the moment podcast. Today our lovely guest is Nat Green-Goudis is a doctor in Chinese medicine, acupuncturist, author, speaker and all-round natural fertility expert. She is also the founder of Melbourne Women's Health Clinic, The Pagoda Tree and producer of Health Talks TV. But what does Nat really do? Well she makes women's hormones happier than a Pharrell Williams song. Her mission is to educate and empower women to get clued up on their bodies and take control of their hormone health. She helps them ditch the stress, the confusion and the endless disappointment and give their temples the love and attention they deserve. So welcome Nat, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) So take me back to the beginning and tell me what inspired you to go down your path of work. Oh, I wasn't inspired to go
1: down after <laughs> work at all. I was very very vocal in making it blatantly clear to anyone that came my way that I was not treating women's health because I didn't understand hormones they were what I felt were just well out of my comprehension at the time and I was very resistant and so I decided when I first graduated that I was going to specialize in gut health because that's where I felt that my strengths lied and you know they're kind of related (laughs) and it was just this influx of women that kept coming into the clinic that wanted help with their hormones, wanted help with their fertility, weren't getting answers or they were just being told that they need to go on the pill and it would sort everything out and obviously that's, you know, not a solution necessarily. Mm. So I kind of had to suck it up and eat my words and then, <laughs> you know, I felt inspired to go and continue to learn more and more about women's health and and so, yeah, I kind of guess it chose me and... and
0: I'm pretty glad it did now. But at the time, I was pretty
1: resistant, to be honest.
0: And, and so how did you overcome the resistance? Because I'm sure like a lot of people, regardless of whatever career they're in, or, you know, even just in life situations, they come up against resistance. How did you find yourself, um, you know, letting that pass?
1: Well, I think it's, you know, like anything that we're resistant to, why are we resistant to it? You know, <laughs> probably mm. there's something behind that. If it triggers us, really yeah. otherwise we wouldn't care less. So I can't remember what that saying is, but it's, you know, basically first there's resistance, then there's curiosity, and then there's acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I got curious because I didn't, I'm not one to be beaten either. I'm pretty stubborn like that. So mm-hmm. I started to explore you know, what was actually going on, um, for these women. And, you know, there was also that reality that I was a new practitioner and I kind of had to take whatever came my way because that's what you do when you, when you start up business. Mm. So, you know, there was a bit of that involved too, but I guess I got comfortable with that being what was walking in my doors. And, you know, once I accepted that that's what was happening, um, there wasn't a- else it was just what it was so yeah you know and it's happened that happens so many times in life I did the same thing with my husband and he started CrossFit it was the same thing I'm like you're such an you know you're an idiot like what are you (laughs) doing that is just so not okay and oh my gosh what's that doing to your hormones and blah, blah, blah. And now, now I'm a CrossFitter. So, (laughs) but, but all within, you know, reason. And I think that, that there's, you know, there's a reason we resist things and we have to use that to get curious because otherwise we stay trapped within the walls of, of that, you know, and that can be forever and that's not really serving us.
0: Of course. Yeah, that's so true. I like what you said about being comfortable, like finding the comfort within the resistance, you know, and not just pushing it away. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. So then now where you're at, tell me what you love about what you do.
1: Oh, I get to have fun every day. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, I don't treat every day. I, I try and break it up because it is um, – <sighs> it's it's a tough gig, um, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with women and often I'm either a first point of call or a last point of call. Now, if I'm a first point of call, often people aren't educated in the area of their health. So, that requires a lot of work. And if I'm the last point of call, possibly their education has been around the, you know, the medical model. And again, that's a lot of work. So, um, you know, I've kind of uh, worked things in a way that I'm not in here treating every single day of the week and that works really well for me so if I'm not in clinic and if I'm not treating obviously I'm also the business owner of the go to tree and that means that um, I need to wear many hats when it comes to business and um, you know being a leader for the team members here as well And then, you know, when I'm not doing that, my other business is Nat Kringudis and that is, you know, that's the the authoring of the books and the speaking and the creating content for online and, you know, we're doing memberships and we're doing radio shows and we're doing all sorts of things at the moment and it's just basically repackaging information for women so that they can use it and get the tools that they need to take charge of their health and you know we can have patients come in the clinic and we can give them a beautiful treatment and we can work out an amazing treatment plan Um, but it's not what they do when they're in here it's actually what they do when they leave so it's educating people about what they can do in their day-to-day lives to really make a difference long term but You know, it is tough because we're used to a quick fix and there isn't really such a thing. You know, a long-term solution isn't solved with a pill. Um, You know, it it requires us to look at many areas of our life and that can be confronting, it can be challenging, it can be overwhelming, but what I say to people is it does start with just one thing. Mm. So, you know, if we can just do one thing differently as you walk out of my clinic or after you read a blog post or you read my book, well, then you know, we're inspiring that change. So, you know, there's lots of things that are going on, but at the same time, it, it doesn't ever really feel like work. It just, it's, it's for the most part, you know, of course yeah. there's challenges. There's some days where I'm like, oh no, how, how do we do this? <laughs> uh, usually, you know, that's usually a tipping point too. And if I can remind myself that for whatever reason I'm feeling the way that I am, something is about to change or, you know, tomorrow's a new day, then then we can get up and on with it. But, you know, that was me yesterday. Yesterday I was hating on life. I was like, oh, my goodness, it's just too hard. at school holidays. The kids are driving me insane. <laughs> and now I'm at work and everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> Except, so, you know.
0: Yeah, of course. So how do you find to you know because you've got all these different avenues that you express yourself through and plus you've got a family as well so how do you juggle everything
1: oh I don't juggle it on my own I've got lots of help I I, you know I love the fact that you know the saying it takes a village to raise a child Mm. like you know no actually it takes a village to be a human being no matter what age or stage you are of your life because we need to call upon the love and support of others around us in our community so you know, I don't do this on my own. I have a team of staff in here who are, you know, here to support me. Um, I have an amazing husband who, you know, at the very beginning, he was very resistant to what um what we were doing, you know, because it wasn't necessarily um, converting to something that he could see at the time. You know, the dollars weren't on the table, and 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 you know, it was a lot of output for not much coming in. Mm. Whereas nowadays. You know, his priority is not about money anymore anyway. Once you have kids, I think things shift a little bit as well. But, you know, he is very supportive and he allows me to be me and I think that that's a massive deal for me (laughs) and then I you know I'm really lucky I have my mother-in-law at the end of the street who looks like you know wouldn't have it any other way looks after my children when um, I'm working and they're not say they're not at school or they're not at kinder Um, and and you know it's just about building that tribe of people around you who can support you you know I've got mums that I call on if I need to go and do a quick interview or whatever it might be so you know Mm. it's it's just utilizing the people around you and and hopefully I can do that for them as well and there's that ripple effect so it's never being too proud or too shy or you know um not feeling or feeling alone you, you're not alone you need to to work out who those people are and and be able to reciprocate too
0: Mm, that's so beautiful I think it's so important because sometimes you know we can get so caught up in thinking that we must have it all together ourselves and we must be able to be strong enough and capable to like carry out every single action but sometimes you know we do need to lean on someone else for support Mm, absolutely absolutely yeah and and tell me what does healthy living mean to you
1: Healthy living is far more than just what we put in our mouth. I think a lot of people associate health with diet Mm. um, and that's great. That's certainly, um, you know, one facet of health. But I think, you know, health is it's everything across the board to the environment that you live in you know is your house a beautiful space that you love to be is your office a beautiful space that you love to be Mm. um do you have healthy relationships that are are surrounding you what where's your headspace at you know Mm. where's your check in with where your emotions are at at, um, what you, it's, it's all encompassing which is why it can feel so overwhelming mm-hmm. um, but again like I said you know it just starts with that one thing to action change so you know you might start with your diet because that's something that you can concentrate on that seems achievable and then it might then it starts to flow into your lifestyle um mm-hmm. you know and then we start to check in with you know, where's your stress at and where's it showing up in your body and what else is going on so it's all of those it's all encompassing it's all of those things it's it's not just limited to you know what you're what you're eating in any given moment and and I think when we can get our head around that um you know you can't fix health with just food anyway it needs to be all of those things and very often it's so much more than so much more than just that so it really is also checking in with that that emotional side of of your life and making sure that, that that's being nurtured as well because that's often the hardest one but it's the most important
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's beautiful and you know like today we we've got access to the internet and there's like so much information out there and everything um, what do you feel is your guiding principle that you offer out to your audience or for people looking for something?
1: Well, I mean, I like, like I said, I like to go by the name of the Hormone Revolutionist, and that's because my idea is that we are changing the way that women look at their hormone health. You know, we're really good at blaming it on our hormones. Mm. We've all we've all gone, oh, I'm so hormonal. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't really know what it means, right? Like we're like, oh, I'm so hormonal, but what is it? You know, what is that? Is it- you're moody is it that you you know you probably associate it with your mood you Mm -hmm. might associate it with some pain um you probably haven't thought much beyond beyond that and what's driving it and why you feel like you do so the other you know our our automatic go-to is to fear the worst um because we don't understand basically what's going on so Know, if we are hormonal, or perhaps maybe I don't know, we get a bad, perhaps new result, or we've got we're diagnosed with something like PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome.
0: Mm.
1: Our 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 default is fear because you know we don't understand. But when we can start to get the knowledge around what's going on. We start to make informed decisions that can actually serve us rather than just that knee-jerk reaction that's based on fear. And the more that I think we can do that, um, you know, the more empowering it is and the more we can take charge of our health. And, and, you know, we're also living at a time where it's not really acceptable to just be told what to do anymore, which is frustrating as a healthcare practitioner. But it's amazing at the same time because mm. people want information. They want to take their health into their own hands. Um but the only way we can do that is if we have the information to do it so you're right you know there's so much that we can access via the internet via people that are sharing information and I feel like you know really tapping into that that stream of hormone health from a really easy to understand place uh is where we've really positioned where I've tried to position what we do and make that information accessible and you know from that we've grown all sorts of resources to help people understand and really just really dumb it down i guess for not to be rude about it but sure. that's you know not everybody has a phd in endocrinology you know, yeah. and you know we don't all we don't we don't all understand how our bodies work and that's okay you know if we didn't have other people out there i wouldn't be able to a create amazing content because it wouldn't look beautiful because i wouldn't have a designer for example and mm. i sure as heck don't know how to design a website <laughs> so and i don't want to know i'm really happy we're fixing- hormones i'm not so happy with fixing broken code Mm, so you know there's something there's a place for all of us but we can when we can know a little bit we can really get that sense of ease and ask the right questions and make it our own path and i think that's the most important thing is that nobody can nobody can really know what's going on in their body more than we can know ourselves Mm -hmm. and to think that someone's going to come along and save us is really ambitious we need to take charge of that and kind of create create our own reality when it comes to our health so you know with everything else in life we're really we understand the concept of creating a goal and moving towards it you know if we want to go on a holiday we want to build a house we want to buy a house we kind of know the end goal and we we put steps in place to get us there but we don't really do that so much with our health i don't mm. think and so if we can you know imagine the best version of ourselves and what that would look like and whether that's having a baby or or transitioning through menopause or or getting your period back or you know moving past pcos whatever it might be mm. and then mapping out some steps on how we're going to tackle to get there, I think that that is really useful. But we don't really do that yeah. so much with our health. We're good, we, know, we know the principles. We get that that's something that sounds like a good idea. So really encouraging that as well and, and just, you know, continuing to ignite that curiosity. And, again, there's a lot of resistance around that initially too, just like I had resistance when I first started treating women's health. Mm. A lot of women have resistance about it because we're told that, you know, the pill is a solution. Just go on the pill, it'll fix everything. Yeah. Or, you know, um, that IVF, you'll have a baby if you do IVF. And that's not really necessarily the case, you know that's best case scenario Mm. and the pill not for the pill so much the pill well that's a disaster in pretty much Mm. all areas of living but (laughs) but, you know but that's not I'm not here to say don't take it I'm here to say let's give you information so that you can then make an informed decision because it might still feel right for you to do so and I'm not here to judge you on that I'm just here to give you the information and help you make a, a choice that's suitable for you so you know there's lots of stuff that we're we're putting out there but I guess that bottom line is coming back to what we spoke about and that's igniting curiosity and giving some solutions to that problem.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful way to put it because it makes people you know step away from viewing whatever's going on as a problem that something that needs to be fixed or can't be fixed and um, just really allows them you know to open up because curiosity is such an open Um, kind of way to approach things so that's really nice
1: and that's I think yeah that's it it is open it needs to be because we're (laughs) we're so good at putting labels and boxes on things Mm. let's just open it all up and it's it's from that place of freedom not from that place of fear
0: exactly and it doesn't mean anything about you personally yeah Mm -hmm. so I have a few signature questions for you so tell me what moves you oh what moves me mm-hmm.
1: my children move me definitely mm-hmm. like you know my family first and foremost yeah. um, that is just you know one of the most rewarding things ever but also again sparking women in a way that gets them excited about their health that really floats in my boat mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I like it <laughs> I can feel your passion for it. it's really nice <laughs> and tell me what do you feel is your greatest asset
1: my greatest asset, I've really learned to nurture fear in a way that's not a scary thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I got asked in an interview the other day, what's your greatest fear? And I'm like, oh, I don't really have a fear mm-hmm. because I've worked out how to make that a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So therefore it's not actually what I would associate the word fear with anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, I think being able to come at things from different angles so that you remove that, that feeling or that that thought process mm-hmm. um and you know I've got a son with a genetic condition um we I learned that's I think well that skill was already within me but that is he has taught me so much about life and living and how to how to switch it around mm-hmm. um and you know I think when you can truly believe that 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 you can create something and you can take yourself to that place that's a pretty amazing thing but we don't all we're not taught that you know we're not taught yeah. How to nurture that and create what we want out of fear. We're taught to think the worst, and you know it's all bad and it's all doom and gloom. So, I think that probably answers your question. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. I actually did another interview a little while ago, and um, it was with a world record free diver, and she was talking about fear as well. And she kind of spoke about fear in the same way that you have also, where she would take the fear and she would just channel that into. Different feeling because right now it's just labeled as fear, so she was making that conscious choice to use it as something else, which is kind of exactly what you were also saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, it doesn't mean that we don't have feelings around it that aren't always you know, it's not always bunny lambs and Mm.
0: roses, don't we? Know that, (laughs)
1: yeah, but I think it's also being comfortable even with that, you know, knowing that it is. You know, one thing I say to patients all the time is nothing is permanent, nothing Mm. is permanent. And if we can, we can get comfortable with that, it's really refreshing to yeah. kind of know, okay, you know, I remember when I had my, ba- my first baby and I was like, what the hell have I done? Like, seriously, <laughs> what have I done? What have I got myself yeah. into? This is my life now? Like, yeah. and she was a newborn and, you know, you're sleep deprived and all you, you were like, a, I was like a milkmaid. I was like battened down to the couch. I wasn't even able to go anywhere because every <laughs> time I finished feeding her, she'd be ready to start feeding again. And, and I just <laughs> wish someone had said to me, this is not permanent, like, but I didn't have that perspective at the time. Mm. And so I just was like, well, this is it now, isn't it? And, you know, you kind of move out of that six to seven week haze after you have a newborn baby and you kind of start to get your life back together again. Mm. And I just wish that that was a reminder for me because it really did feel quite lonely. Mm. But if you can start to nurture that with everything, and of course, you know, you have the ability to change that. (laughs) No one else does, only you do. So getting that perspective too, um, I think is really important.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that you just said, you know, the best part of that was um, that nothing is permanent. I find that, um, you know, in the medical industry and I'm not saying overall, I'm just saying in some places, but, you know, we're told that everything is kind of going to go a certain way, you know, and I feel like, saying something that nothing is permanent really allows the person on the other end of that to go back to that open space you know regardless of how challenging what they're going through may be at the time um, you know it gives people the opportunity to see that there is a possibility that things can change and they might not go exactly how you envision they're going to go but they can change and
1: I also I just I believe that we can certainly even in the darkest of circumstances we can still head towards light mm-hmm. you know like I think that if I think about when Geordie was first diagnosed and how that all went and I just had this inner belief that it, we could make it work like mm-hmm. I was like I just said say to my husband we've got this like we can make this work it's it's going to be okay yeah. and and he was he was like I think you're nuts like this is a definite." no questions about it diagnosis you Mm. can't change his genetics this is the way he is yeah and I was just like but it's not that I'm not accepting it like I'm just not accepting it you know I'm not accepting that our life is going to be hospitals pills and potions and and basically that fear-based approach I just can't accept it and Mm. you know look Jordy's four and he's certainly got his whole life to live and I can't say that you know, nothing is permanent. <laughs> mm. But what I can say is that it's so much nicer to focus on health and creating well being rather than focusing on sickness and creating more of that. Mm. And, 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 you know, I don't have, there's not a fiber in my being that doesn't believe that he, that we've got this for him and that he's, he's not, he's going to thrive. There's no reason for him not to, mm. um, even though his genetics are a challenge for him, you can still make in any moment your body work to its full potential and I think that if we can focus on that we're going to get good results.
0: Mm, That's beautiful and setting up such a great environment for him too and his perspective as Mm. well yeah that's awesome (laughs) and tell me what's the greatest piece of advice that you've been given? (sighs) Greatest
1: piece of advice I've ever been given I've been given so much advice over the years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, it's a very broad one. <laughs>
1: um, I think, I think again, just always remembering that we create our reality mm. um, and that that's up to us. And and if we can, you know, it's a challenging one. And I remember when I first thought, I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, like creating my own reality. Mm. What do you want about? Yes. But I think that, you know, the more that we can get, comfortable and and I guess explore that idea the more that we can see that and the more we look for it the more we find it so I think you know that definitely was a game changer and you know that whole saying if it's um if it's meant to be it's up to me Mm -hmm. you know I so often I I, I, I do this too I sit around I'm like it's not happening it's not working the way I want it to work why is it you know it's almost like I'm waiting for someone to come and fix everything and then I'm like you silly woman You've yeah. got to go and do that. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to go and make it happen. No one's going to come along and do that for you. Or we could sit here and wait our whole life to maybe by the time I'm like, you know, 57, someone might come along and I, you know what I mean? So it's, totally. it's really is about taking whatever the challenge is that I want to make happen and make it happen.
0: Mm, perfect. That's awesome. Some very inspiring stuff in this conversation. I like it. <laughs> all right well that wraps up our interview for today so thank you so much for taking the time to chat thanks monica for having me pleasure we'll chat soon totally see you later bye